This morning, the scripture reading is taken from John chapter 4, verse 5 to 26. John chapter 4, verse 5 to 26. Verse 5. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near the plot of the ground Jacob has given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was, was there, and Jesus, tired as this was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciple has gone into the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are the Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews has, do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his son and his livestock? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling out to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming to here to draw water. He told her, Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have, you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are the prophet. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has come now when the true worshippers will worship the Father in the Spirit and in truth. For they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipper must worship in the spirit and in truth. The woman say, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I, the one speaking to you, I am he. So this morning we had the privilege of Reverend Lanita preaching to us the sermon Encounter with Jesus. Thank you, Brother Singu. 
my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, peace be with you. Let's commit this time to the Lord. Let us pray. Gracious God, loving Father, we're thankful to you. There's so many blessings that you have brought into our lives. Even as we look back this past week, Father, you have protected us. You have guided us. You have, you have provided for us. And you have continued to reveal yourself to us. You've taught us many, many things. And today, God, we want to continue to learn from you. And so as we turn to your word, Holy Spirit, we ask that you prompt us. Open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts for the receiving and keeping of your word. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we begin the our, today is the first Sunday of Lent. We don't begin today, we began on Ash Wednesday. Now many of you would have seen uh, your friends post on Facebook or even do you know that TV Sarawak had a news article about Ash Wednesday here in Sarawak. Now for many of us, the season of Lent may be something new. We hear bits and pieces here and there. Um, the season of Lent is actually a 40-day period before Easter. It begins on Ash Wednesday, which was February 22nd, a few days ago. And then you see that it will go on uh, until the sixth Sunday, which is actually Palm Sunday. And that would begin with Holy Week. And so you have Monday, Thursday, you have Good Friday, and then you have Easter Sunday. Now, those of you who are very quick in maths will do a quick calculation and say, Pastor, there's more than 40 days. And you're right. Okay? You do 40 days minus Sundays. Because the way the church uh, calendar look at it, Sundays would be Little Easter. And so we don't consider that the season of, I mean, don't consider that as uh, uh, the Lent season. Now, this is a tradition in the Roman Catholic Church. And so this past week, um, on my holiday with my sisters, uh, my elder sister and I, we uh, started using the Lent meditation. Then my younger sister looked at us and said, where in the Bible is it mentioned Ash Wednesday? Can anybody answer that question? Or where in the Bible is it mentioned about Lent? And my immediate answer to her is, none at all. Both Lent and Ash Wednesday is not mentioned in the Bible. And understandably, evangelical Christians like us would react. Like I said, it's a practice full of rituals, okay? Normally or traditionally being practiced in the Roman Catholic and the Anglican Church. And so evangelical Christians, we, as usual, we always throw the baby out with the bathwater. We rejected it. But in recent years, by God's grace, Evangelical Christians begin to look at the season of Lent of 40 days with its emphasis not just on external rituals, you know, typically fasting, penance, repentance, not just on the external, but we want to focus on the internal, on repentance, on renewal, on confession, on time with the Lord. And so as we look at the season of Lent, we realise that it was started after 325 AD at the Council of Nicene uh, when it was decided that 
the season of Lent, the 40 days, would be used as a time to prepare candidates for baptism. So new converts would go through these 40 days, learning to fast, learning to uh, confess their sins, learning to draw close to God. And so, like I said, in recent years, evangelical Christians have used this season to emphasize on that. Now, those of us who saw pictures of our friends having the uh, cross drawn on their forehead with ashes may not realize that actually when this is to be done, the words said by the pastor as the pastor draw the cross would be, remember that you are dust and to dust you shall return. It's a reminder of our mortality. It's a reminder that all of us one fine day we will leave this world. And so before that happens, how are you and I going to live our lives? And so this season of Lent is also a good time to look at our humanity and to realise that we are frail human beings. This past week, two news shocked me or, or made me uh, you know, sit up. One, of course, the first one is this guy, Philip Yancey. Many of us know him, right? An excellent Christian author. And in fact, he came to Kuching uh, a number of years ago. Uh, some of us attended his talks and so on. He was recently diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And then he wrote this. As he looked at his own life, as he looked at the years ahead, he's a very outdoor person and he knows that things will change. And so he said, my future is full of question marks, but I am not unduly anxious. Why? Because I have excellent medical support and I have support and love from friends and family. But then he goes on to say, I trust a good and loving God. And so he said, I've written many books on suffering and now I'm being called to put that into practice. May I be a faithful steward of the final chapter of his life. He's mortal. He's a great author, but he's mortal. The other person that I read about is this guy, George Verwer. Some of us may not know him, but if you look at the ship behind him, Logos, Dulos, we're very familiar with the ships, right? The two ships, or in Chinese, call it Fuin Chuang. He started Operation Mobilization, and that organization owned the two ships. In fact, there were three. One has been decommissioned. He's a great leader, a great missiologist, and he was recently diagnosed with cancer. And so, what did he say? He said, ask people to pray, but don't pray for healing because I really want to go to heaven. Unusual, isn't it? And so he said, ask for prayer for grace for the rough journey that's going to be ahead. Those of us who know our friends or who ourselves live with cancer, know that it's going to be a rough journey. But he asked for grace that he could live this journey. He said, I'm going to be around for a little while, but the road to the door looks tough. Mortality. And so friends, this Lent season is a good time for us to reflect on our own lives, to realise that we are mortals to also realize 
our need for a deeper and more meaningful relationship with our Lord Jesus Christ. I'm very thankful to Aaron and your team for reminding us Jesus is the centre of it all. I think as we go on in life, sometimes we forget what is the centre, isn't it? I am the centre or somebody else is the centre. Something else is the centre. And I think for this season of Lent, it's a good reminder for us to reflect. Now, the article Lent at FMC this year has been sent out. If you don't have it, just contact um, the care line or if you are uh, tech-savvy, download the FMC apps and then you have it there. For this Lent season at FMC, we would like to have each one of you spend time with the Lord and have a deeper relationship with Jesus Christ. We have the Lent meditation. Uh, Reverend Gabriel mentioned the English version. Uh, the link is there in the bulletin. Again, if you need it, just let us know. There's also the Chinese version. Uh, and then also there's a kids version. So parents and grandparents, you can use the junior version uh, to help our children go through the season of Lent. Now, what we are praying for is that all of us experience renewal in our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. And this is also as we look at what is happening in USA. Many of us have heard of the Ashbury Renewal, haven't you? You have seen a lot of Facebook posts and articles and so on. What happened in Ashbury was simple. It was just a normal chapel service in the university. A normal Wednesday service. No hype, no, no uh, lights, no bright lights, no celebrity and so on. Just a group of students worshipping, repenting with humility in the presence of God. It started on February 7th or 8th and I was told it hasn't stopped yet. It's been going on and on and on. Just a group of people. Just a group of God's children. We were reminded at the beginning of our service, call to worship, who are we? We're simply people of God. Who are we? We're children of God. Spending time in worship, in humility, in prayer, in the reading of God's word. And so my prayer as your pastor is that for all of us this Lenten season is that each one of us will take time intentionally spend time with Jesus to be drawn to His presence and His person. And so from the pulpit we will be spending time to look at different characters, different persons in the Bible how they spend time with Jesus. Today we begin with the Samaritan woman. Then we will have Nicodemus. We will have the blind man. We will have Lazarus as we go on. Looking at how each of this person, after spending time with Jesus, their lives were transformed, were renewed. And so today as we begin this encounter with Jesus, we look at how intentional Jesus was as he reached out to this Samaritan woman. This is a map. Starting in John chapter 2, we know that Jesus went to uh, Jerusalem. 
He was in Jerusalem when chapter 3, when Nicodemus came to him. Remember John 3.16, all of us should be able to memorize that. For God so loved the world, that whosoever believed in him, right, we all know that. That was in Jerusalem. And so at the beginning of John chapter 4, we read that Jesus planned to go back to Galilee. And if you look at the map, Jerusalem is down here in the south. Galilee is up there in the north. Okay? If Jesus had used Waze or Google Map, it would have shown him many, many routes. And the two most common routes that uh, the Jews would take would be along the shore or cross the Jordan River and then go up north. Because you see between Judea and Galilee, there is Samaria. Good, pious, religious Jew will not go through Samaria. But what did our Lord do? Our Lord just go right across Samaria with the intention of meeting this Samaritan women. Some people say Jesus used the parable of the Good Samaritan. This one is the Bad Samaritan because she had such a messy life. And yet, our Lord Jesus went directly, intentionally to be there at the well so that he could meet her. The Bible tells us that Jesus was tired and he sent the disciples into the town to buy food. Why didn't he go with them? He could have. Or he could have waited for them to come back with the food. And yet he chose to begin the conversation with the women by asking the women for a drink. And so that began this conversation and you can see how intentional Jesus was in drawing the women into conversation, level into a deeper level and into another deeper level. The woman's perception of Jesus also deepened. First of all, she said, you're just a Jewish man. Because she said, I'm a Samaritan woman, you are a Jew. Now, by her words, we know that there are many, many barriers there, men and women, Jew and Samaritan. I don't know you. Why should I be giving you water? And in fact, a good, pious Jew, a rabbi, will not take water from a Samaritan because by touching the cup, she would have defiled it. And so yet Jesus asked her just to get a response from her. So by her response, we know that she knew of the racial and religious divide that she is in. But yet, this is how our Lord began the conversation with her. Jesus knew her life. Jesus knew her past. Jesus knew her present. She has had five husbands. And the man that she was living with was not her husband. There's six men in her life, or even more. And so this man, this Jewish man who is here now asking her for water, can she trust him? Is he going to abuse her? Is he going to make use of her, take advantage of her, pretending to just for asking for a drink? What else does he want? 
I'm sure all those thoughts went through the mind of these women. And then as Jesus talked to her, asking her for a drink, he said that I have got living water. Now, very interestingly, this woman is very much like us. She did not ask immediately, give it to me. Instead, she asked, how? How are you going to take water? Are you greater than our ancestor Jacob? So from an ordinary Jewish man, she began to see him maybe as somebody greater than Jacob. You see where the women is coming from? Very much like us, like I said. When God tells us to do something, we don't say yes sir immediately, do we? When God asks us to obey, how, why, what? Isn't that like us? Like I said, these women should have just said, give me the living water. Instead, she asked, how are you going to take it? Are you greater than our ancestor? Friends, this season of Lent, as we reflect on our own lives, as we reflect on the cross, at the end of this season of Lent, as I've pointed out, it would end on Monday, Thursday, the night that Jesus was betrayed. And then we go into Good Friday. We need to focus on the cross. What happened on the cross? Jesus died for us. He loved us that much. Are you going to question His love? Like I said, I was very much... Um, my attention was drawn to the two uh, brothers, uh, one diagnosed with Parkinson, one diagnosed with cancer. When they realized that their life is coming to an end, both are looking forward to going to heaven. Both realized that the God who called them is a good and loving God whom they can trust. And so, friends, as we look at our own lives, yes, the way ahead will be uncertain, maybe rough for some of us, may not be smooth for others but we look at the cross and we are reminded of his love and so as Jesus pointed out to these women everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again and that whoever asked him for the living water it will be water leading to eternal life in the person and so when this woman heard it, what, what did she say? She said, give it to me. Not because I want the living, not because I, I want the living water, but because then I don't have to come back and draw water every day. Again, we see so much of us in the response of this women, confusing the material with the spiritual. Jesus talked about living water she talks about coming here to draw water every day. I don't need to do that if I have the living water. And so then she went on to say that, Sir, I can see that you are a prophet. Because Jesus then said, Go get your husband. You see, Jesus knew where she was in her life. Jesus knew her past. Jesus knew her present. And so Jesus needs to draw her to the point where she would confess her sin 
and the only way is to mention husband. And so when Jesus said, go get your husband, now in the whole conversation, you see she talked a lot. She talked long sentences saying all kinds of things. If you go back and re-look at the conversation, the shortest sentence that she said is, I have no husband. And that's a confession of her sin. And just now when the children were singing the song, A Child of God, and um, our brother uh, Singu was saying we should all be like the little children, innocent. I was thinking of the other side. Children ask a lot of questions, don't they? Parents, grandparents, children ask a lot of blunt questions. They're very honest, they will ask questions and they're inquisitive. But if you hit the nail on the head, the answers will be very short, isn't it, from them? And so, typically, as human beings, when we realise where we are in the presence of God, like these women, we need to confess our sins. And so, when Jesus pointed out to her, you have had five husbands. The man that you are with is not your husband. And so when she said, I see that you are a prophet, she quickly changed subject. Now she talks about worship. Any topic is good except my personal life, except my sin. And so she went on. She doesn't know much, does she? She went on and pretended to talk about worship where Jews and where Samaritans worship. Our ancestors worship on this mountain, but you Jews claim to worship in Jerusalem. But Jesus saw through it all. And so friends, as we talk about renewal and conversion, before all that can happen, there must be confession and repentance. We must be able to see ourselves as Christ sees us, hungry, thirsty, needy. And we simply need to say, I need the water. Instead of asking, how are you going to give me water? What are you going to give me? When are you going to give me? Simply expressing our need to Him. And so then, as Jesus says this, the women finally said, I know the Messiah called Christ is coming. When He comes, He will explain everything to me. And so, from seeing Jesus just as a Jewish man, from considering Him to be greater than her ancestor Jacob, to thinking and admitting that he may be a prophet. Finally, she, said, she asked if he is the Messiah, the Christ, the Saviour. And so when Jesus said, I, the one speaking, I am he, what did this woman do? Instead of bowing down and worshipping him and said, Lord, I accept you, I confess my sin, give me the living water. What did she do? If you read on, she put down her vessel and she ran off. 
Now, in the Bible, in the New Testament, those who have encountered Jesus, people like Peter and Paul and so many other apostles and disciples and followers, they were all taught and they were all able to witness. This woman is the most unqualified with the least knowledge and yet with the greatest fervor and zeal. Immediately, she went back to the village and she told the people about this man whom she had met. And, and during the week, I saw this uh, whole video clip, but I took this portion. And so just let, let's us just look at this. We just want to get inside. We want to experience the factor of being in the presence of God so that we can take that experience back with us and spread it to as many people that will open their hearts to receive our Lord and Savior, Jesus. He's not a pastor. He's not a preacher. He's just one man in the queue wanting to go in to experience the Ashbury revival. And what does he want to do? I just want to get inside to experience it. And then I just want to share it. How I wish all of us is like the Samaritan women or this man. Friends, all of us have experienced the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Think of the first time you heard the gospel. Or think of the time when you make a decision to accept Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. Who shared it with you? Where were you? What happened? Was Jesus intentional in reaching out to you? Nothing in our lives happened by chance. And so our encounter with Jesus meant His love and His grace in reaching out to us. All of us have experienced that. And then think of your faith journey. How far have you come? All of us have experienced the living water in us. But the cares of this world, the anxieties of life, the stresses and the pressures of modern living and with the pandemic may have caused some of us to lose that fervor or the experience of the living water in us. And so this Lenten season, as we come back to rethink our relationship, my prayer is that all of us, as we again think about encounters with Jesus, will be able to deepen our relationship with the Lord. That this season of Lent would be special. Now, in the past, we talked about a lot of externals, right? We fast, we spend the days fasting and we choose certain days to fast. It could be a complete fast, it could be a partial fast, it could be a Daniel fast, or we could even fast from gadgets, from Facebook, and all kinds of fast. We could talk about, you know, trying to read through a certain passage or a certain portion of the Bible. Uh, a lot of things that we want to do. But this year, I want to encourage you to think about what goes on inside of us. Our own spiritual life, our own journey. 
and my prayer is that all of us will experience revival and renewal and our relationship with the Lord would be deepened and to help us would also be our brothers and sisters around us I've often said that here at FMC we are a family you're not alone in life you're not alone in your faith journey it is difficult but you're not alone we have the support of the pastoral team we have the support of the church leaders and with the support of our small groups some of us are already in small groups some of us not yet and so this morning as we dedicate our small group leaders I want you to take a look a good look at them and then you can download the apps and then you can find out uh, who are they and what groups they are and when are they meeting and then again make an intentional effort to join a small group so that we can all learn and grow together as our Lord reached out to the Samaritan woman as she encountered our Lord Jesus Christ her life was transformed she became a witness for Jesus Christ and she witnessed to the greatest number of people in the gospel stories and so friends as we closed in prayer my prayer is that you spend time asking the Lord making a renewed commitment to Him that you want to draw closer to Him spending this Lenten season renewing and deepening our relationship let us pray Dear Jesus Christ, we want to give thanks to you as we look at the way that you reach out to the Samaritan women. As we look at our own lives, we thank you that you also reach out to us. That you knew where we would be. You knew what we were. You know our need for you. And we're just so thankful to you but we also want to be like the Samaritan women, to be able to be on fire for you. Father, you know where each one of us is right now. Whether we have the spring of living water have slowed down, have, have stopped. Some of us may have moved away. Some of us may even be weary and tired. Father, as we come before you as your children, hungry, thirsty, needy, we pray that Jesus, you will remind us to just spend time, lean into your presence and draw light and strength from you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.